We're about to read chapter 18 and it is called Casper's Quest. Grab something to doodle, put your headphones on, find a cozy spot, and let's get started. On the last night of their journey to the city, the travelers stayed in a real house. It was roofless, but most of its walls still stood, providing shelter from the wind that blew strongly off the water. There was no furniture in the house, of course. They sat on the bare floor. Casper was excited that night. He talked so much that he almost forgot to eat. His third traveler's cake sat on his knee getting cold. At one point, he turned to face Lena. Now listen, he said, I'm going to tell you something so you'll understand the importance of what we're doing. He paused, then he spoke in a low, vibrating voice. I happen to know, he said, that there is a treasure in the city. There is, said Lena. How do you know? Old rhymes and songs speak of it, said Casper. The trouble is, said Maddie, those old rhymes and songs don't make sense anymore, if they ever did. They make sense to me, Casper said, but that's because I've studied them carefully and I have found out their deeper meaning. What do the old rhymes say? Lena asked. Various things, said Casper, depending on what version you hear, but they always are about a treasure in an ancient city. He looked into the air and sang tunelessly. There's buried treasure in the ancient city. Remember, remember, from times of old. One of them starts like that. Why hasn't anyone searched for the treasure before? Asked Lena. I'm sure many people have, Casper said, but no one has found it. Lena thought about this. She saw some holes in Casper's logic. Someone could have found the treasure, taken it away, and never said a word. Another problem, said Maddie, is that these rumors never say what city the treasure is in. It could be some city a thousand miles away. Casper gave an exasperated sigh and set down his cup of water. He raised two fingers and pointed them at Maddie. Listen, he said, be logical. It's here that the rumors are passed around. I've never heard them in the far north where I was last year. I've never heard them in the far east either. This talk of treasure in a city, I hear it here and with a hundred or so miles of here. Still, said Maddie, there are at least three ancient cities within a hundred miles of here. But only one great ancient city, said Casper. That's the one we're going to. A city is big. Lena said, remembering the streets and buildings of Ember. How will you know where, this, where in the city to look for the treasure? A crafty look came over Casper's face. He smiled with his lips pressed together. That's where my careful study comes in, he said. Many, many hours of study. I've written down every version of the rhyme I've heard, which is a great many, 47 to be exact. I've compared them word for word, letter for letter. Then, Casper paused. He looked at them in a way Lena recognized. It was the same way Torin looked when he was about to make a big impression. Then I applied my skill with numbers. 
numbers, said Lena. That's right. What you do is you count the letters in the words. You count in all different ways until you start to see a pattern. The pattern is the key to the code, and the code tells you the secret of the message. He sat back, looking highly pleased with himself. And the secret of the message is, Lena said, confused, is the location of the treasure, of course. Casper slapped a hand on his big thigh. It's obvious once you figured it out. Street numbers, building numbers, it's all there. Well then, said Maddie, what is the location of the treasure? Casper jerked his head back. You think I'd tell you, he said. I thought I was your partner in this, said Maddie. He'll know when it's time, said Casper. Until then, the information stays strictly with me. Lena glanced at Maddie in time to see her rolling her eyes toward the sky. That night, Lena couldn't sleep. Animal sounds kept her awake, scrambling, snuffling just beyond the walls and strange hooting in the distance. Dark thoughts troubled her. Casper's search sounded all wrong somehow. She didn't want to help him. The thought of it filled her with dread. She lay on the hard floor of the house, staring at the black sky, feeling worse and worse until finally, she decided that she must try to think of something else. So she said to herself, tomorrow I'll see the city. Tomorrow I'll see the city. They traveled the next day, mile after mile, along a road that was nearly straight, though they had no trace, a winding path around the place where the pavement was pitted or thrust up or crumbled away. On their right was the vast green sheet of water bordered by waving grasses where great white birds stood knee-deep in pools and rows like floating paper in flocks of black birds flew up trilling into the air their shoulders red as blood on the left was a forest of trees so thick they hid all but the briefest glimpses of the ruined buildings among them lena's excitement was rising she rode standing up now she'd climbed back into the crate and stuck her feet between the third and fourth slats of the side, which put her at the right height for holding on to the top edge and looking forward. She could see over Casper's and Maddie's heads to the rear ends of the oxen, her sharp hip bones sticking up left, right, left, right, their tasseled tails switching back and forth. The sun sank lower and the sky until it was directly ahead, blazing straight into Lena's eyes. We'll be there before night, Casper said. The road began to slope upward. Hills rose on either side, and soon Lena could no longer see the water. Just as the brown humps of the hills, spotted with clumps of trees and here and there by remains of old roads and buildings, the air was cooler. They rounded a curve, and all of at once, the city lay before them.